I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. Sometimes you look at a New Age artist and don't think there's much below the surface. But Liz Addison has a deeper wellspring of influences than most. She played in reggae and rock cover bands, traversed Africa as an environmentalist, and was a singer-songwriter. She also came out of Mills College, that bastion of the avant-garde, although that influence is a bit ambiguous. There were some concerts during those years when I just wanted to pull my hair out and run down the aisle screaming, like, let me out, because it was too avant-garde. And they didn't really like me because I liked melody and harmony. Yeah, I've always been a black sheep wherever I go. Liz Addison, I'll be talking to her about her new album, Songs from the Mara, the influence of the avant-garde, and getting disowned by her father. That's all ahead. Have you been wanting to represent Echoes by rocking out in Echoes gear? Well, not only do we have the t-shirt, but lots of other items that have the Echoes logo so you can show the world where the chill resides. There's sweatshirts, hoodies, insulated mugs, and more. Go to echoes.org, click on store, select new products, and all kinds of cool stuff can come your way, including a Christmas ornament. Go to echoes.org, store new products at echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org, O-R-G. And now get ready for a journey into the electronic new age jungle with Liz Addison. Liz Addison recently released her album Songs from the Mara. It's a meditative, lush journey inspired by her trips to Kenya that reveals many of the music influences in her background. She makes a music that is peaceful and uplifting, but there is darkness that lies within. I'm talking to Liz Addison on the Riverside app. She's in her home studio in Marin County, California. Athletically slender with long, wavy blonde hair, she sits at a recording console. A guitar lies against a bookcase, and a piano takes up much of the frame. I've had that since I was 10. It's a Baldwin. 10 was some 50-odd years ago for Addison, and those years have been filled with so much music that it is hard to pin her down as an artist. The easiest peg to hang her on is New Age. I actually have never liked being New Age, but at least I have a genre. And I am a spiritual kind of person, so I fit there. And I like those people. She also makes rollicking African-influenced dance records. Yeah. 
That's because it was created for a dance routine, right? So it would start out slowly, build up to sweating, right, and then come down. She has a deep knowledge of Indian music. I think those two have been mainstays in my interest, along with Western classical music and Western music. But there is another more primal influence. I am a dancer also. I just love the rhythm. Uh, I think I had my first African class at age 15. And then when I moved down to L.A., I used to take a lot of West African dance classes. My first teacher was from Ghana. Liz Addison is a sound healer, and she has taught at the Sound Healing Institute in San Francisco for 15 years. She also has her own vocal therapy project called Kinetic Voice. She often uses mantras in her lyrics, which she does on her album, Elements. Mm -hmm. This is typical of me. I mix and match. I'm such a hybrid because I've had so many influences, and I just weave it into what makes sense musically. The Sanskrit mantras are paired with English language. For example, the mantra for water, it's a releasing, it's allowing uh, yourself to release pain. And so it's paired with water, so envisioning the water taking that away. Although she comes from a privileged background, Liz Addison didn't come to this place easily. Her father was a doctor and her mother a ballet dancer, but Addison kind of rebelled against that. My father disowned me. I got sent off to boarding school when I was 13. I skipped eighth grade. I fell in love with this kind of Svengali guy when I was like 16. I spent a year at Mills, and then I said to my dad, I just want to drop out of school and live with my boyfriend. No daughter of mine does that. So I was kind of stuck. So I played in a reggae band. I worked as a chef. It was hard. Learning composition by day and playing reggae at night and staying up all night. And I still got straight A's and made Phi Beta Kappa, which was amazing. I had no money. I worked my ass off. I was supporting my boyfriend. He was a druggie. It was like... I don't talk about that very much, but you're a good interviewer. <laughs> and I feel like I want to tell you because, yeah, my music is very positive. But that didn't happen right away. The school she attended was Mills College, a bastion of the avant-garde. So for undergrad, it was pretty cool because I was studying composition and Terry Riley was still there, Lou Harrison was still there. And uh, I studied piano and voice and composition. That was my main thing. Also, Alaudine Matthew was my music theory teacher. I also studied environmental science. I decided to stay for grad school. I went back to get my master's in composition, but I was really more interested in switching over to the Center for Contemporary Music because of the electronic music and the recording, because I wanted to learn to record myself and develop my sound. 
like Suzanne Chani, Barbara Higby, and Snatam Kar, and to a different degree, Laurie Anderson, she came out of mills with a different sound that didn't quite relate to the pure avant-garde side of things. There were some concerts during those years when I just wanted to pull my hair out and run down the aisle screaming, like, let me out, because it was too avant-garde. And they didn't really like me because I liked melody and harmony. Yeah, I've always been a black sheep wherever I go. Yet the Mills influence undergirds her music in many ways. I studied with Terry Riley starting as an undergrad, actually, because his teacher, Pandit Pranath, was there. And I studied uh, Indian music starting at 17. And it was major ear training. It was fantastic. And I do a lot of that music as well. So between Terry's bringing his teacher in and studying with both Pandit Pranath and Terry Riley, and then Lou Harrison, I got some pretty good world music in there as well. By the time of her 2008 album, The Song of a Tree, she developed a distinctive sound and point voice as an instrument mixed with electronic atmospheres, and in this case, Native American influences. That title, Song of a Tree, is somewhat prophetic of a path Addison would take into environmentalism. That was focused on Africa. The whole connection with Kenya is different in a way because when I was a child, my parents, intellectuals, my mother was an artist, my dad was a surgeon, and we had big books about Africa. Jane Goodall, Margaret Mead, The Tree Where Man Was Born by Peter Matheson. And I think that sparked my interest in and love of Africa. I just always wanted to go there. Eleven years ago, she created the nonprofit Singing Tree Institute. Katui is the place where I have the tree planting projects. I have a project manager named David Mutinda, and we met uh, when I was doing eco safaris with Wangari Mathai and Jane Goodall's organizations deforestation had occurred by not specifically my ancestors, but people from England. You know, they colonized Kenya and they planted tea and coffee. As a result, there's so much erosion and deforestation and drought that I just want to help replant to help to bring the water back and reduce the temperatures. So Mutinda and I put the Singing Tree Institute together and uh, we have since planted nearly 7,000 trees in the Katui area. Katui Rain is one of the songs on her album, Songs from the Mara.
Songs from the Mara is a melodic, ambient expanse laid on a bed of nature recordings that Addison made. I love nature, and I love nature in the sense of feeling that I am with and living with and amongst other living beings. So every morning and every night, thousands of birds would serenade me, and I would just go up and sit by myself on this little porch and look out. Couldn't really see the birds, but they filled all my senses and my ears, and I just felt like I was living amongst them, being serenaded by them. Liz Addison is a singer, and although she's composed wordless songs before, Songs from the Mara is particularly compelling in the way she uses her voice to merge with the environmental sounds. I didn't want to be the singer diva and have all the attention on my voice. I wanted my voice to be part of the ecosystem, to have it be egalitarian like all the other sounds important to the ecosystem, but just another voice, just another niche. Addison's Mills College background emerges on the 10-minute-long closing track, an ambient work in the purest sense. No beats, no melody, just synthesizer pads underpinning a shifting panorama of sounds from Kenya. It's a sound bath, because the first night I arrived on the Mara last year, I had been in Europe working and Dubai and Israel, and I showed up on the Mara, and it was the first rain of the season. And I literally sat in a chair for three hours and did nothing but listen to the rain and the frogs. And it was so nourishing and so healing. and relaxing you sort of let go of all of the very egocentric that the human life that the human is engaged in and it's so nice to be absorbed in a non-human experience and to learn from that just be taught by that and healed by that and also just to know we're not the only ones here
Liz Addison's latest album is Songs from the Mara. And if you are wondering, her father did finally embrace her. He was tough, but you know, I am who I am today because of him too. I will have a link to Liz Addison's Songs from the Mara in the posting for this podcast. That posting will also include a playlist of her feature. It's all at echoes.org. That's echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org, O-R-G. On next Tuesday's Echoes podcast, I've got Steve Roach and Robert Rich. They're going to be talking about playing with Tangerine Dream on their current tour, something that nobody ever expected to happen. And remember, you can make a donation to Echoes and the Echoes podcast at echoes.org. Just hit the support tab at echoes.org. I'm John DiLiberto. This has been the Echoes Podcast from PRX. See you next week, tonight on the radio, somewhere in the country, or at Echoes Online right now or whenever you want.